We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, Cal fans? That is right. We are back. Wait a second. What in the world? Oh, damn. We're back. The conference is dead, Rob. The conference is dead. The funniest part about that scene from that movie, though, is that that banging that you hear is like a corpse, like getting up because he's like trying to say he's OK. And he smacks him on the head to like kill him again. It's, that's 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 the Pac-12. That's the Pac-12. It's, we get little morsels of like, is it possible? And then the Big Ten or Big 12 comes and just just puts us back down. Yeah, it's George. We're <laughs> just die already. <laughs> <laughs> oh but yes we're back we're the california golden bear cast um of the blue wire podcast network that was andy i'm rob we got a lot to talk about so no uh no festivities no talking about uh nieces no talking about um cute babies we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about the this disaster that is unfolding in front of us yeah, does that sound good? All right, all right. So, what are we gonna talk about first? Andy? We gotta talk about what are we, are we talking about? The timeline? Are we talking about just what what's happening right as of like it's nine oh seven p.m. as we're recording this on uh, Thursday night, and I believe UW's uh, Regents Board of Regents are meeting currently right now. Um, that's what was reported. Arizona just had their meeting. Arizona's Board of Regents just had their meeting a couple hours ago. And apparently the Pac-12 is meeting again tomorrow. So that's where we're at. But I don't know what you wanted to talk about first. Do we start with Colorado? Do we go back further? Like, where do you want to go? I think let's live here and now. We can always revisit either later in this podcast or do another one with the full timeline of events. Yeah. I think it's important. I I think I want to, like, start taking people through sort of let's just like acknowledge the high level if that sure and and so what i where i would like to start this is that we are seeing and witnessing the end of college football college basketball 
as we know, as we know it. And it's not necessarily over, but it's definitely like USC and UCLA leaving was like, wow, we're not going to play or like have the UCLA game every year. We're not going to have USC. But now you're talking about like Oregon, UW, Arizona, Arizona State. We'll not talk about Colorado. Can't believe we lost that team. And so I, I think as you talk about this, I've seen a lot out there that is the usual, what is, I was going to say a word. I don't know how to pronounce schadenfreude or something. Yeah. Yep. People are very quick to want to pronounce something dead. People are very quick to point fingers and blame around why such a thing has happened Mm -hmm. And want to get that answer very quickly. And I think it misses a key point here, which is truly just the disappearance of what I think made college football great, mm-hmm. which was the rivalries, which is the road trips. And, you know, I was texting with a buddy of mine who freshman year, and I think it was senior year. We both we drove up twice to Oregon, and both of those trips were, especially freshman year. You know, you're a freshman, mm-hmm. kind of eyes wide open, and we go and it's game day, and we win on the was it Marcus Isef, and yep. I mean that experience was so special and the thought that that's going away for generations of fans is ultimately a net negative for college football mm-hmm. and so i just want to take a minute to appreciate what we've had because in all likelihood it won't go back to that with some off chance of like there's a couple of scenarios where it plays out where you're like, okay, maybe we keep UW, Oregon, Stanford, and get USC, UCLA back. Down the road. Right? Down the road. But there's a very good chance that doesn't happen. And it just sucks. It, it just, I hate it. It's, it's, it's a part of a bigger theme with sports right now. You look at the A's. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's just a money grab. Everyone's just chasing money. And it's like the love of what made college athletics so special mm-hmm. where this, the uniqueness of the traditions of college football was something that I think five years ago, I never in my life, Rob, would have thought that you and I would, our podcast that I was lucky enough to join. I didn't even found it. But the podcast that we have would outlive the Pac-12. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I would not have taken that money bet on that. Absolutely No not. way. You'd have no been like, damn, that's some really good weed that Andy's got today. <laughs> <laughs> There's no chance. No chance. I mean, it's also one of those things that 
it's been around since 1915. Yep. A hundred year business. I always talk about hundred year businesses because what do you have to do to stay around for a hundred years? I think it's fascinating to think like all of the ups and downs. Dude, the Pac-12 made it through the Great Depression, not a fake recession, the literal Great Depression. <laughs> they made it through that. And here we are in 2023, and the Pac-12 has been unable, if not unwilling, to navigate around these hurdles. So I think it's also particularly fascinating when you think about the context of a 100-plus year multi-billion dollar company, I believe, essentially folding in about a year. Yep. In about a year. I mean, for goodness sake, like I was about to call out one of my former companies. I don't do that. But like, there's some companies that have been around that you're like, yeah, that, that, that shit should be dead by now. <laughs> and you're like, nope, it's still kicking. <laughs> so that's that's where I'm at. Like, let's take a second here to mm-hmm. like kind of just remember what was and if this is it and i mean you look at the ACC and what's going on there i mean it's hard to not look at the ACC and say yep all right where are we going it's very clear to me where we're going we're going to two conferences yep AFC NFC and yeah and it's garbage if you compare it to college basketball like to the tournament and the fact that the tournament gets 300 team like there's 300 teams that are sorry 300 teams that are in plus Division that are one. in college basketball yeah. and then the tournament is going to get you know a large percentage maybe a third yeah. a little bit less than a third of those teams to participate it's a very inclusive activity yep and then college football is going the opposite direction where it's exclusive. It's, oh, like, we're... And then you look at it, too, and they're like, oh, no, no, like, we have our money over here, so we're good. Yep. That was the craziest... Out of all of the, the crazy shit that's happened today, the craziest thing to me is that I would be getting a text from an Oregon fan who would be spitting on Cal's grave. Like, why? Is it just... Is it just Darwinism? Is Are we in the survival of the fittest now? Is it, oh, I got money, you don't, ha-ha? Yep. Like, and then you look at the the other schools that are in the Big Ten. They're the, the haves, and they look at the have-nots. And they're like, oh, no, we don't want Oregon. We don't want Washington. We don't want Cal or Stanford. They'll diminish the brand. Bro, like, you guys play Rutgers every year. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, come on now. The brand? Are you ridiculous like most both of your so if we just live in this culture i hate to tell i am gonna go there but it's like (laughs) why why we must we all just get the one up and then point back and laugh instead of saying what happened to the collective and i think the collective was the ncaa and we've talked about this we have. And NCAA is a shit organization. And they have terrible leadership. 
And what they've done is absolved, we talked about this before, they've absolved themselves of any responsibility, but pretend that they have authority. Yep. They are literally like the South Park episode where they're like, you can have your cake and you can eat it too. You can protest a war and be for supporting your troops at the same time. Because it's hypocrisy. Like, that's literally the takeaway from that episode. So if anybody watches South Park, you'll know what I'm talking about. And it's like, that's the NCAA. They're like, oh, Cal and Stanford might not have a conference. Let me just grab my piece of cake over here and enjoy the, this show. Uh, oh, the Big Ten might become the Big 18. Delicious. And then, oh, oh, yeah, sorry, Harbaugh, but you lied to us, so you're suspended four games. You kidding me? Get the hell out of here. All right, I'm done. That's the rant. Over to you. I I've, I, had the same thought as you did, and it's funny how we're like on the same wavelength um, about what you were talking about earlier and just we're losing a, a lot of the ethos of what makes college football so great. And we shouldn't be pointing at any team like one of my what you know, like one of the thoughts that some of the writers and, you know, when I talk to Avi and stuff, it's like. I'm, I'm a little bit guilty of that, too. When the news came out, like, you know, that we might survive and Washington State and Oregon State might go down, it's like a damn. Like, there was a little bit of – it felt like survivor's remorse of, like, man, I I if I, I know what it's like to be a college football fan or college athletics fan, and it's going to suck if you're in that in that fan base and you're left behind, right? Um, and so let me read you this, all right? This was from, this was from College Football Reddit. Is a Washington State fan who wrote this, and I think it's it's so poignant, it's so good, right? It's gonna it's gonna take a little bit, but I'm I'm gonna read it for you, uh, Andy, just because I know you haven't read it. So love it. It says, yes. "All right, I love college football. Ever since I was a kid, college football Saturday was my favorite day, and it all centered around Washington State. Growing up, I remember watching every game with my dad, and when the games weren't on TV, going for a drive just to listen to Bob Robertson call the game on the radio." Even when I went to school, I had to suffer through the Paul Wolf teams, Paul Wolf teams, um, <laughs> that were among the worst in the country. I still found a way to enjoy the game. Parentheses sometimes. Why? Because there was always hope that things would turn around. But now here we are. Money and the whims of ESPN and Fox are going to destroy my team and athletic department. Washington State, a team in a tiny remote city with so much tra- tradition, is going to be left out. We have some of the best TV ratings in the Pac-12, and we're famous about our we're famous for our passionate fan base. No matter how bad the team is, see above Paul Wolfera, but none of that matters because we're in the middle of nowhere, and some small group of executives in some boardroom somewhere doesn't think we're a big enough name. Yeah, I know the team will still be around. The Mountain West will welcome us with open arms, and there will still be football in Martin Stadium in 2024. On paper, Washington State and Mountain West seem like a pretty good fit. But make no mistake, this move will cripple Washington State Athletics as we know it. Washington State, under the visionary leadership of B- Bill Moose, big bet big on big money Pac-12 TV contracts a little over a decade ago. They basically took out loans to build an expensive new state football complex and other buildings. They bet big on expensive big-name coaches like Mike Leach and Shiver Ernie Kent. They spent money like it was going to go out of style because Larry Scott told them it would be there. And we all know how that turned out. Now, despite major cost-cutting measures over the past few years, Washington State is still in a pretty major debt and starting down the, staring down the idea of going from making $35 million in TV money to as little as $4 million practically overnight. 
the consequences are going to be devastating. We don't know what they're going to have to do, but it's going to be ugly for a very long time. On top of that, I'm depressed for the sport as a whole. It's not just Washington State fans that will be going through this. Our Beaver friends are likely to be right there with us and plenty more around the corner as the big money schools will continue to consolidate. Little by little, the passion and tradition that makes college football so special will be whittled away until we're left with a cheaper, younger, worse version of the NFL. Now we're a month away from kickoff, and my enthusiasm is at an all-time low. Why should I care about a sport that obviously doesn't care about me and my school? We could have a miracle year and win a national championship, but none of that would matter. Our fate for 2024 was and beyond was sealed years ago, and there was nothing we could do about it. That sucks. Sorry for rambling. I just wanted to voice what I was feeling to people that might sympathize on some level. Thanks for reading. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I, it gives, I get goosebumps reading that. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. <clears throat> yeah, I, that could be us. Yeah, I mean, as, as right enough. now it is us. It is us. Crazy it is to say it. Stanford's in a similar spot. Yep. <clears throat> they, but that's, that's it. Is, if you think about, <clears throat> if you think about college in general and where schools are located and the Pullman example is a good one. So when it comes to those particular institutions, how, how does it work when it comes to finding your next job? Who goes to a career fair in Pullman from a company perspective that like, also goes to, let's say, Seattle? Or better put, how many companies are willing to go to hire at a Seattle campus, aka UW, versus pay additionally to get somebody out to Pullman? And so what you had is inequity based on geography that had sort of plagued the college university system mm-hmm. in that I was disadvantaged if even if I went to a very good school that was further away, if it didn't have the reputation for being elite or, uh, I mean, if it didn't have the reputation and then also I think the geographical, it's a little bit out of the way, mm-hmm. right? 
And so what happened is you had a lot of really good talent that was looked over constantly and not given the same opportunity. And so you had people that were underemployed that were graduating from those institutions and from those colleges that were taking jobs that they were overqualified for that had absorbed personal debt to get a four-year degree and then had to take a longer period of time to pay it off. It's very shocking to me to see like as the universities themselves and career services themselves have moved away from that and into a world where access to opportunity is more available Mm -hmm. through things like the internet. Mm-hmm. We are going the opposite direction in college football and essentially recreating that exact thing. And what's more fascinating about this, Rob, is I think Apple TV Plus, while for all of the fear that is behind it, also is an equalizer in the sense that I don't have to pay, like I can get Apple TV plus as long as I have a freaking Chromecast or something. I don't know if the Chromecast has Apple TV plus, but like, right. You know what I mean? Like the barrier to entry for me to get Apple TV plus is significantly lower than for me to get cable. Yeah. I mean, how many people in the U S have an iPhone? Yes. And then, and so you sort of have this, it's, I just think it's fascinating because you have this option that I've thought a lot about the proposal. I'm like, why, why was the PAC 12 so insistent on this subscription-based model, right? Why were they so insistent on the process of media rights deal, then expansion, and not the other way around? It was something I was just thinking about. And what I think is particularly interesting about it is that I think it's one of those things that it's the only option. You know how, like, was George from a casino, right? I think he. I look at the Apple TV Plus offer that the Pac-12 got as a gamble. And what you say is, because we're never going to get $50 million, right? So if you look at the 50, you're like, all right, we lost USC, we lost UCLA. We're not going to get the $50 million. But what could you do with a streaming deal that you couldn't necessarily do with maybe a more traditional package. And I'm like, well, you don't really have the same constraints around programming and scheduling, right? So you could actually do what they're trying to do, which is get a core group to buy into this idea where I'm like, Rob, I will give you a base 20. And then everyone here is base 20. is like, holy shit, like, give me, give me the fuck out of here. And that's why we're here, right? Yeah. But I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, so it's base 20, but it's, it's a subscriber. It's built on subscribers. So it's, it's the bet. You're betting 
that you go in at nine and then you build that out to 16 or you build that out to 20 and you're saying, okay, I'm going to take this collective audience. I'm taking this collective audience. I'm taking this collective audience. And now I'm adding subscribers. I'm adding subscribers. I'm adding subscribers. I'm adding subscribers. Apple's saying, fine, you're delivering me subscribers. That is important to my trillion dollar business. And now I can cross sell them and all these different things. That's great. That's user acquisition for us. We're going to pay you out multiples on that. And to me, it's just one of those, I don't know if it was going to work that way. It's just sort of a thought I've had where I was like, it's fascinating to think that that was the offer that was put in front of me. I can see why Cal would be more open to that because we had the 10 million from UCLA. And you're like, all right, not a bad deal. But I think all this to say, there was an opportunity here to be inclusive. And we kept coming back to that. There's an opportunity here to say, hey, Washington State, you are very far away from a major metro area. But to the writer's point, you do have a very loyal following that'd be willing to pay some incremental price in order to be able to watch their games. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, you matter. You matter. Your viewership matters. Your fan base matters. Your uh, athletics matter. You matter. And then SMU, you're in Dallas. You've been overlooked for a long time in comparison to the other Texas schools. You matter too. So you come in. San Diego State, you come in. And now we have a collective that is much more, potentially more valuable than what a 10, a 10 team conference would look like. And so I think I, so anyways, it was a long point, but it's just, it's very fascinating because you look at the trends from where the true essence of what college is all about at the end of the day, like getting your education, getting a degree, getting a job and, you know, sort of going on that path. And it's very much built on this idea of collect the collective winning, the collective opportunity. Mm -hmm. And then you look at collegiate sports on the revenue side of things and it's the exact opposite and that doesn't make any damn sense to me why other than fox is happy espn is happy cbs seems to be happy and that's about it and the the collective suffers we get a worse product with worse traditions with at the end of the day less viewership Right? And, less, and if you lose a fan like that, if you lose a fan like that and you lose some of the diehards, <clears throat> then, I mean, yeah, it's NFL light. And that just sucks because NFL light, dude, like NFL is just like watching dude kill, kill each other. I mean, I love the Niners, but like, don't get me wrong. That's, I like every time I watch that sport, I'm like, dude, why do I do this? This is terrible. Like literally watching people like give up their lives. <laughs> I mean, you could argue college football is the same to a certain degree, too. Yes. Not as, <laughs> not, not as violent. I don't know. Did you follow me on that one, or was it too, too existential there? No, I think I, I, I agree. I, it's, yeah, inclusivity is like the, I guess, the, the key term for this podcast. Um, like, like, I, I, I genuinely hope, you know, I think you and I 
alongside for me like a bunch of the writers and I've gotten to know so many fans, bloggers, writers, podcasters of all these other Pac-12 teams, right? And I hope they feel for the rest of us just as much as we feel for them, right? I hope that, like, you know, I hope we don't have, like, Arizona writers being like, haha, F you guys, we secured $35 million, we're out. Like, I hope they understand, like, you guys were just as much in a dire situation like we were, and afraid of being left behind, which is why you guys took that deal. The least you could lament is like the loss of all the the joking, the memes, the history, and all of that. For the sake of securing a payday um, at this point. So finances do dictate a lot of this. Um, but as that CFB uh, Reddit post read, like, there doesn't seem to be anyone in that one boardroom in the middle of nowhere talking about are we are we the baddies? <laughs> like are we are we're supposed to be the caretakers of this sport and this like in the fandom, but like we're just we're tearing it to shreds. And we're just gonna leave it to the wayside. Like you know, the the Apple TV deal, it's like Everyone's talking about, oh, it's just a base $20 million. And I, I'm not going to take an, a, an optimistic approach on that or a negative approach on that. But the number I do want to see regarding that is how many Pac-12... Like, what's the projection on Pac-12 fans that weren't able to watch their team play because of the restrictions behind where you can get Pac-12 network? What's that? What's that gap number? Because you're expecting that gap number to be filled up when you move to a subscription-based model like this, right? You're expecting all of those people to subscribe along with the foundational people that already had Pac-12 Network will who will, of course, subscribe because they want to watch the Pac-12. Now, I would love to know what that projected number is um, because I think that's a, that's a pretty big tell of what number you think you could reach in terms of the deals or the the like the benchmark bonuses that Apple TV were going to hand out. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that the, the other thing too with that, that the whole thing is really sad in another way in the sense that like, I, I don't think George was wrong when he said that when, you know, a lot, he got a lot of, a lot of heat for the quote that was the longer we wait, the better the deals get. And some people have pointed to him misjudging the market. And he, they're not wrong. Like the market got really weird at probably the worst possible time. Your money, you know, Disney's struggling. You, know, you just, there's a lot of things that are happening. Is it a recession? Is it not a recession? So yeah, the market got weird. But he wasn't, that wasn't wrong. If you look at the war across Disney+, Plus, across Apple TV+, Plus, across any of the subscription services, ESPN, what is it all about these days? It's all about content. Mm -hmm. And what did they provide? Content. The longer you wait, the better deal you're going to get. Fully stand behind that. Now, did he misjudge the, the insecurity 
that that potentially brought thousand percent yes yeah thousand percent but i still think he is right i mean netflix like all the trends netflix like any of these businesses netflix has rebounded why because they have really good content yep <laughs> and why has disney plus struggled because their content's kind of whack like they're it was you know they they kind of ran out of good shows all of a sudden it was like all right we're bleeding subscribers left and right why is Threads not popping off? Because it doesn't have good content. It has a ton of users, but if nobody's there to report the fucking news or all the things that happen on Twitter that people care about, then I hate to say it because I don't believe in Elon or X or any of the bullshit that's happening in that company, but they're gonna, where are you going to go? Are you going to go to Threads if the content isn't there? No, of course not. You go where the content is. So... They had they had they had a leveraged position if every single institution was willing to play that game. And they weren't. And he probably should have known that. And he might have known that. Honestly, I don't think they were sweating losing Colorado. I truly think when he said, "Yeah, we can level it up." Rob like maybe he was like, "Great, we're going to lock in this thing with Apple and uh, we're going to add four we're going to add SMU, we're going to add San Diego State, and we'll poach two other ones. You know, throw in whoever it might be. And he's like, we'll get four schools for the same price as one. We'll increase the value of the overall partnership, and it'll add a multiple onto the partnership because we're in, you know, we're, we're in the future of how content is being consumed because it sure as hell isn't based on cable contracts. And, but, it's... It's a hard game to play when the other position you put it, everybody else in is it's very like to me it's like it's a belief based system. It's kind of like like Silicon Valley Bank or First Republic Bank, right? As soon as the trust is gone, as soon as like you if Rob you're like I'm at, I'm at First Republic, I'm at First Republic too. And then you're like, "Yeah, I just pull all my money out." And you're like, "I'm going to Chase." All right. Oh shit. Like, should I do the same? Right? That's the first question that I have. Yep. So if you're Colorado and I'm Arizona and you just went to Chase Bank, now I'm like, well, I don't want to be left with $15 million less. Mm-hmm. So should I just go to Chase and make sure that I don't lose $15 million? And that question is a lot different than... We're a collective. We're in this together. The longer we wait, the better it gets because there's a real loss. And now all of my donors are hitting me up being like, you're the president of this damn university. You're going to cost us our entire collegiate, you know, athletic future by holding, like by making the wrong decision here. And now I have guns pointed at me that are saying, put your money in Chase Bank. And I'm like, all right, (laughs) easy call. Yeah, I, it's honestly like looking at this. I think the only way you salvage this, like the the current Pac-12 status, right, is if Apple really wants college football content, right, which it seems like they do, and it's and they don't want mid-tier, right? They want somewhat like power five, with the current Pac-12 teams that are left 
you could argue, like if Arizona doesn't leave, right? Let's just say for the sake of the argument, they don't leave. For this, all of the all of those teams combined, you have pretty elite basketball with pretty elite football. And if Apple really wants that to to jumpstart their thing into, hey, look at what we're doing with them, and trying to pull in some more conferences later down the road, they're gonna have to make an investment at some point. And I think as George, if I was George K, and I am. I am not saying I'm good at negotiations whatsoever, right? Um, I go to them right now and go, look, you offered me 20 million as a base. Teams are jumping because they're getting 35. Get me to 30 million as a base, and this conference stays together, and we all go to you. Otherwise, you get no content, and we lose a conference. Like, <laughs> like that's basically that's basically what you're gonna have to tell them, right? And so, I I don't think that's a th- that's how that conversation went. Or is going, or will go, but I don't think clearly so. they're having a meeting tomorrow, right? And who knows? Maybe Apple did up their offer because they realized, okay, this might be our one shot to actually try and get collegiate content on our on our streaming platform, and we're gonna have to invest a little bit into it. Plus, it's like a three year deal anyway, so it's not like it's not like you're locking in thirty million, you know, per year over ten years, like per school. You know, it's it's not a long term deal anyway. So if it doesn't work out, you cut it, and you're still making back a significant amount with the investment that you made. But anyways, um, yeah, that's kind of where we're at, and it and it sucks. And we're doing this all on Thursday, and it, like we're gonna wake up tomorrow morning, and we're not gonna have a single clue of what it's gonna be like by the end of tomorrow. Pac-12 yeah, could be dead by tomorrow, by 24 hours from now. <clears throat> Pac-12 could be alive and kicking 24 hours from now. Like, yeah. you just don't know. It, <clears throat> I think we should publish this podcast soon. Well, I'm gonna try and get this out on Friday morning. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on five three a.m. Yeah. Otherwise, people are gonna be like, oh, none of this stuff matters. <laughs> I, I think that okay. So let's go back a little bit. So like, where did this go wrong? Everyone blames. Larry Scott, uh, you know, the decision to not, or the president's decision to not allow Texas and Oklahoma to join the Pac-12 way back when, then the failed venture of the Pac-12 network and what that was to, it was just a, overall decline in sort of competitiveness in the last few years from the conference perspective and then the death the beginning of the death knell with usc and ucla leaving and oh and then there's some others that are blaming george k for him and i'm like okay so do i want to feed any of like the 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 hysteria of like who should you be angry at it's a little bit and of like, everybody, at the very least. Exactly. <laughs> at the very least. So, I mean, I think that's exactly right. I mean, you have a bad, a, a leader that was over their head very much with with our, our guy, Larry. Yeah. And then... Yeah, go ahead. But I think the... The real linchpin in this whole thing, and I hate to say it for our poor guys on the uh, 
the RIP Conquest Chronicles Traveler Hates Thursday podcast. <laughs> but it's it really it was USC that really just messed this whole fucking thing up. <laughs> Uh, it's so funny because like every article I read, there's like, oh yeah, they should have catered more to what USC wanted. They did. They did. That's the sad thing. They did. They did. And I don't, the sad reality of it is like a, the, one of the big reasons that SC pointed to wanting to go to the big 10 was because George voted no on the expansion of the playoff. And how long did it take to get there? What, 10 months? And we got it. And that was, what's her name? Carol Folt? Yeah. That was the excuse that they used to leave the conference. Well, it's Folt and uh, Mike Bond, who is no longer the athletic director yeah. at SC. Yes, because he's so good at building world-class shit cultures. Um, <laughs> but, like, and, and that it really was, like, to your point, it kind of just goes back to being a little bit of the fault of everyone, but it goes down to just people being ultimately selfish. They're putting their own interests above the collective, and you can sell that to a USC base. I'm sure there's, I know there's lovely USC people out there. I work with a few of them, so hopefully they don't listen to this podcast. Zaman's great same too. time. Zaman's great too. <laughs> it's fantastic, <laughs> right? But at the same time, I can sell this story to USC. If I am the president of USC, hey, we're going to F over a few people. And uh, by the way, like, you know, goodbye to like a lot of the, the Pac-12 as we know it. But we'll be fine. We'll be making $50 million a year. And we'll probably end up with a good chance to go to the college football playoff. And I, you got to imagine that's probably pretty well received as a message, right? Sure. And I'm not saying like you could say that same message at Cal and there'd probably be thousands of people that'd be like hell yeah do that yep but i think there would be a greater percentage of people who would say no 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 we're about this for the people we're about this for the collective what about what about ucla in that scenario what about you know what about stanford as much as we like to they are our ultimate rival we're sort of brother in arms right now this is a weird feeling i'm like dude like i i I look at SC and I'm like, dude, like y'all are, y'all, dude, y'all might be my number one on the hit list now. <laughs> but I think that's the problem is that people think that the solution is as simple as one little thing, like moving the headquarters of the Pac-12 to LA and cozying up to USC, as if that would have done anything. If you get in bed with the devil, you're gonna get burned. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it would have prevented it from happening. I guarantee you they would have done something else that would have screwed over the conference anyways. They didn't care. Carol Folt did not care. She just cared about one thing. Money, right? One thing. And they're like, all right, cool. On to the next. Burn it all up. And I just think, but you have that happening... Whether And so that's to your point. You could take that same mentality and say the presidents that turned down Oklahoma and Texas, they made a selfish decision too. 
right? They were like, we're good. We don't need y'all. And then when the Big 12 was struggling because they were losing people to SEC, what did George do? George was like, nah, we're good. Y'all, y'all are fine. We're not going to help you out. Dude, no one is helping anyone. It is literally awful. And now, like, the ACC, same thing. And the Pac-12, like, the best possible outcome of all this, Rob, I tell you, the missed outcome I think about a lot was ACC Pac-12 joining up. The Coastal Conference. You call it literally the Coastal Conference. You have West. You have the East. You don't have to worry about cross-country flights except for out, like, you know, once a year. And then you have a championship game between the two. That was that was the win. It was there. I don't know about the litigation that you could have possibly done on whatever grant of rights deal and all that stuff, but like to me, that was the one. Like the super that pack. was the super pack. The super pack of all super packs. But it just doesn't seem like the collective mindset really exists anymore. Nope. It's not there. Nope. It's, people don't want it. Nope. Florida State's like, F y'all. Screw you, UNC. I'm going to go join the SEC and we're going to sue the Grant of Rights deal that we signed with you because we're underpaid despite the fact that we haven't fielded a competitive team in like five years because we have the brand of Florida State. What is Florida State doing? Florida State's doing exactly what USC is doing. Selfish people. Yeah, that's pretty much where we're at, right? That's that's. That's it. I mean, we've been we've been talking about this for about forty five minutes, Andy. How about we go into questions and takes of of our listeners? Yeah, I'm in. Um, we got all sorts of questions and comments because we haven't recorded in some time, so people are just like unloading. So let's let's run through this. All right. First one uh, from Hood Bear on Twitter: Your take on where Cal ends up in the conference transfer portal. You go. Ah, oh, where where Cal ends up, I still think we we end up in the Big Ten at some point. I don't know when that'll be, um, but I think ultimately at the end that's what happens. Um, in terms of like what happens right now, like leading into next season, I have I I honestly cannot tell you because everything changes by the hour apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but. Ultimately, I think we end up in the Big Ten. I, I think uh, as much as people love to hate on us, I think our our brand and like our name as a university and as a program is too significant to leave behind, um, and someone's going to pick us up, and I think that happens to be the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, I think the people that are talking about FCS, I think they're out of their damn mind. Yeah. But... You know, I think a lot of people forget and like to just, oh, it's Cal and, oh, yeah, we're super liberal, blah, blah, blah. And we don't even like football. And like, I don't know, dude, these tropes are just so stupid. But I think that at the end of the day, like whether the Mountain West would jump at a team like Cal and um, and for good reason, you know, and if that's where Oregon State, Washington State, I I doubt Stanford go there, but. You know, it, I could see that. I could see Big Ten doing the Big Ten West and making and, and then solving all of the logistics around the travel, which is going to be a huge pain for non-revenue sports to have to cross country to go play Rutgers and, and all of that. So Big Ten West, you open that up, you get to the state of California. And at the end of the day, the sad reality is like, let's go to what, let's go to where 
everybody else is talking about anyways is the money. And look, like, let's look at the A's. What is the biggest argument for the A's staying in Oakland? Because Vegas is the 40th biggest television market. And Oakland in the Bay Area is the 10th. Right? Money talks. Addressable market matters. And a lot of people are talking about like the prestigious companies that are in the Bay that help and then the admissions that go along with it. And that's what makes Stanford and Cal so attractive. But like, honestly, dude, like right now, I think like my whole mentality on Stanford is far more different than it's ever been in my entire life. (laughs) Right. Because it's like my whole life. I grew up riding the bus, 51, going to games, hearing Stanford fans bragging about winning the game, turning my dad and be like, why do we never win? And I grew up was like, don't like Stanford. I'll never go there. You know, that's how I grew up that way. But now I'm like, dude, we're in this together. Like, we can't look at this and say, oh, no, like, like it's, dude, we're brothers now. Like, for, for better or for worse, like, I'm not looking at y'all and saying anything else other than, hey, I hope you I hope you guys landed a good spot. I hope we get, land in a good spot. Said the same thing about Oregon. I'm like, glad y'all are getting taken care of. I hope people are looking back at us and saying the same thing. I don't think they are because I think it's literally all out, like, blood. Just yep. get what you can get. Doggy but dog. I think that... You're right. I mean, the be- that's the best possible outcome. Even if we got in at $20 million a year into the Big Ten, if you had the security with it, I would take that any day. Yeah. But to the same same point, like you're leaving somebody behind. Someone's someone's going to get left holding the bag. Who's yeah. the person that gets left with the GameStop stock? It's not always going to be at 300 nope. It's going to come back down. Yep. It's going to be some retail, like, retail investor that walks away being like, damn. I lost my entire life savings. No one's going to give a shit about it because 100 people made millions of dollars. <laughs> Dude. Why are there so many examples of this, Rob? It's I driving me crazy. It's the, it's, it's the world. It's capitalist society that we live in. Is it capitalism? It is. Man. It is capitalism. I'm a product of capitalism. We are a product of capitalism. <laughs> All right, part two of Hood Bear's questions is, how will you celebrate Cal's nine-plus winning season? <laughs> I was talking. I was actually talking to someone about this, and I was like, you know what would be poetic is if, like, a team like us or, like, a team like Oregon State, you know, some some team that everyone shits on every single year in and year out wins the conference this year. Yeah. It, so poetic. I would love to see it. Me too. Fully. Yep, Oregon State. I'm a huge. I'll be. I mean, yeah. I don't think my attitude changes that much with Oregon or Washington, Arizona, Colorado. I mean, I, I just think like, can we take a second to talk about Colorado? Sure. What are, are they just like? They are just like cashing out. Yep. They're up at the table. They're on a good roll. We're like, we're out. We're cashing out. Yep. They are cashing out. And guess what? Dion is out of there in two years or less. Hold me to it. If this podcast is still going on, hold me to it. Two years or less. Dion's not going to be there. Maybe they have the money to continue to get really good coaches. Maybe. They would hope. But boy, they better be right. Look. Because if they go back to the basement. Look, they went from sheesh. Mel Tucker to Carl Durrell. What? What? confidence does that give you that they'll make the right hire after Dion? What co- what confidence does that give you? 
and and you're also assuming that Dion leaves Colorado in a better place than when he got there. Right. There's a chance that it maintains because <laughs> it was bad under Carl Durrell, right? And it could be sustained, not improved. You better, you better hope. <laughs> better hope he doesn't lead the NCAA astray and get a four-game suspension <laughs> for lying. <laughs> you know what it is. You know what it is, Andy. To to go off your uh to go off your your metaphor of like cashing out at the table. They're cashing out. And if Dion doesn't if Dion doesn't provide for you and improve your team, then it's as you're walking to the exchange with all of your chips, you fall and trip. And you lose all of those chips. And everyone just comes <laughs> and just takes a couple chips off the floor. And you're scrambling and you're grasping and all you end up is just with the, the chips that you can grab in your two hands. Every, everyone else is gone. <laughs> Every other chip is gone. That's basically what you're going to end up with if Dion doesn't get you out of that out of that situation. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. All right, let's move on. We got we got a lot. We got to finish these. All right, Paul Jones since the tweet. First game of the year is a pivot, is pivotal to the success for the season. A game they should win on the road, but could easily overlook with Auburn looming. What are your thoughts on how Cal needs to approach UNT? Ah, great question because uh, Coach Spav actually answered that today at practice. Um, they are actually looking at going to offsite practices, I believe, the week of the game or the week before the game too. So about two weeks, they're going to go offsite because they want to they want to emulate the heat. Ah, nice. So, yeah. So they're, um, they're not overlooking. They're not it. overlooking <laughs> UNT. I will say that unequivocally, they are not looking over UNT. That's I, that's the best way to put it. If they're willing to go off-site to prep for this game, then you're not overlooking UNT. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a, it's an important game. Yeah, um, I can understand why people would be nervous about it because of our non-success coming out of bye weeks and our habit of overlooking opponents somehow. Yeah, but like. We also attribute our losses much more to overlooking than it actually is. Wilcox just isn't that coach. He doesn't overlook anybody. They don't focus on games that are beyond what's right in front of them. And, you know, first game of the season, too. I think you got to remember Wilcox is a really good non-conference schedule. Yep. Yep. He has a very good uh, out-of-conference schedule. Um, all right. Next one from... From uh, one of our dear listeners, uh, Cal Kangila. Uh, biggest impact player on each side of the ball going into the season. Um, I can answer this one. First, impact player, quarterback, whoever is the quarterback on offense. That's the big first one. And then on defense, honestly, Brett Johnson. Which, by the way, Brett Johnson was lined up with the first line defensive line yesterday and today. 
Love it. That's all you love it. That's all you gotta know. It's huge. Yep. All right. Uh, Rob Sharp sends us some uh, three questions. Who would be your dream hire as our next athletic director? I have no idea who, like, what a pool of athletic director candidates looks like. Um, Andy, do you have one? <laughs> no. No. Guys, you gotta understand. There's no, there's no Twitter anymore. Yeah. There's no, there's very little Even social. Even if you have Twitter, how I have, I would have no idea how to like figure out like. There I are a couple... five month old. I can't be worrying about what good athletic yeah, directors I... are out there right now for hire. There's a couple of people that I'll ask for for like Rex, but no, I do not, and we do not. Uh, what's uh, North Texas's strongest group? Um, I actually haven't started looking at North Texas yet because we just started fall camp. Uh, we will get back to you on that as this, as uh, we get closer to the start of the season. Um, topic, hashtag hogs for Spav. How will our linemen look? Um, the linemen look pretty solid, uh, although I've only seen them for a day. Sindrick was on the banner today, and he talked about how he feels like he's in the best shape of his life. Um they said the the training regiment was very well catered to the offensive line guys, and the the depth that they have at the offensive line now is pretty significant. Um, and I think guys like younger guys like Trent Ramsey um, coming in and Vadikani, who also played a bunch of snaps last year, I think you're going to see a pretty revamped uh, offensive line, and particularly because you have a new offensive line coach who is also the run game coordinator. So you, you're going to have new um, points of emphasis, uh, new style, new things that they do to put their offensive line guys in positions to be effective and not just be like one-on-one. You got you to gotta beat them. Yeah. All right. We, we brought in enough talent there where I'm pretty confident that we'll be better than last year. Yeah. <clears throat> And that, like the change in coaching staff, will like role will be really pivotal as as well. Like having Angus not there will be big. Yep. Yep. All right, we got another one. Marshawn enthusiast sends us uh, three questions. Question one: Are we dead? Question two: <laughs> Will dying hurt? And question three: Will my golden bear heart still beat for our bears in the Mountain West? Absolutely, bears love mountains. Uh, that's what they wrote i didn't say that they actually wrote oh that. oh good yeah, yeah. oh i was like oh that's great no 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 they wrote that yeah what do you think are we dead i feel alive yeah i don't think we're dead yet i mean like do i think that the the way that i currently consume cal football could change drastically yep yep <laughs> like if if we move that direction, like, does it? But I don't know. I got season tickets, man. I'm fired up. Yep. I'm doing the same old shit. I'm still alive. We're good. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, regardless of what happens in 2024 and our impending doom, I am going to enjoy the shit out of this season. Yeah. That's, and I'm just going to enjoy it. And if we don't get any more Cal, good Cal, like college football leading into it, at least I enjoyed this year and wasn't down in the dumpsters just because of, like, what our future might look like. We'll have and, the like, to be fair, like as an example, this might be a hot take. People might not love this, but like, let's look at the MLS or AAA baseball. Sure. 
Triple A baseball. I won't hate on the MLS because I know there's a lot of soccer fans. So let's do Triple A baseball. You're, you're talking to one right now. <laughs> there's. <laughs> All right, no sidetracks. Okay, Triple A baseball does well in places like Nashville. With a much inferior product in regards to skill level that, that you would get at the major league level. But it does well because yeah. they create good environments. It's competitive. It's fun. It's not as over the top. So maybe that is the world in which if we are in the Mountain West, we look at a game against Fresno State at home. And, you know, you create this. There's no competition whatsoever in the east bay at all i mean if the a's are going to vegas cal is sitting pretty when it comes to being the only show in town on saturdays like outside of the giants but like east bay wise it's berkeley baby we got it like what else they're talking about bringing a WNBA team in i think the bears are gonna be in a good spot even if you're bringing in a Fresno State, even if you're bringing in a San Diego State. I mean, dude, I've gone to the Cal-San Diego State games. Those are fun games. They whoop us. <laughs> it's like, those are fun games. You know, the Nevada game was fun. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to still be able to have a good time in the Mountain West. The question is if we're in the Mountain West. And, like, honestly, I just, like, that's an option I'm totally fine with. If it's Big Ten, Mountain West. The issue with the Mountain West is the impact that it has on the finances and then the downstream impact that that has on non-revenue sports and like what that means. And so to go back to that Twitter post that you read, that's the problem. The problem isn't like competitiveness or enjoying those games. By all means, I think we've had fun, enjoyable games against Mountain West, you know, opponents. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, like, I think, Case in point, it's like SC, I believe, is uh, changing beach volleyball as like a club sport now from a non-revenue sport, if I if I got my facts correct. Um, because the Big Ten doesn't have beach volleyball. So, yeah. All right. We got some more. All right. Uh, Theo P. sends us another question. When will Cal be good at football again? Like 03 to 08 good. Not a troll question. Grew up in SAC, so I'm legit curious. Um, this year. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> I was feeling great about it until I found out that Caldwell was out for the season. But, yeah, this is the year. No, no, Nine no, wins. I, look, if Caldwell was out for the season, uh, a side tangent, I, I'm 99% sure they knew Cal Caldwell was going to be out for the season early on because they wouldn't, I don't think they would have gone out and gotten Ifanse and King Doru if Cardwell was healthy. You don't bring in two grad transfers that would have started elsewhere to shore up a room. That's just my take. Hmm. Love it. Yeah. Um, and they look good in camp. <laughs> so, all right. So you yeah, heard it here first. This is the year. Good. Nine wins, baby. Yeah. Uh, Kevin sends us uh, another question. Sadly, a dark question. If the Pac-12 dissolves with no Big Ten invite and the university says no to the Big 12 due to religiously affiliated universities, Cal is left with the Mountain West. Since Mountain West payout is so much lower than our stadium payments, what happens? Do we default on loan and lose the stadium, or do we have to cut football? You Well, I, I can answer the last one. You will never cut football because it pays for the stadium. <laughs> so... 
unless we default on the loan and we lose the stadium, even then, I still think the football team exists. We'll just be paying rent because the bank will now own the stadium. <laughs> How much is left to pay off? I think we've 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 I don't think we've even been paying like the the, the interest. I think we've only been we paying have... the principal. No, it would be the opposite of that. Or, sorry, we've only been paying the interest. We haven't paid the principal. Sorry. So what is it, like $400 million? Yeah-ish. I don't know, man. We, we lose sight of the money here, right? Like, Cal is the top 15 NIL money. Like, this is not a program that's starred for cash. Like, they're just... Like, I don't know if someone's going to come in and write the check to balance that out, but, like, come on. No, I mean, here's the thing, right? The reason... All right, this is this is my explanation of the situation. The reason we get shit on of being such a terrible athletic department and all of that is because of the way we dealt with our finances after we renovated the stadium. After we renovated the stadium, we were constantly in the red and we're, we weren't making our money back because football was not good enough and just wasn't making enough money. In comes Carol Christ, who actually bridges that gap between the athletic department and the academic part of campus, helps the athletic department by uh, getting some of that debt off and using the academic part to pay off some of it, which is why our last fiscal year or two fiscal years ago, our books were actually in the green, right? Because of the university and the campus side of things actually helping us out with that a little bit. So what does that mean? That means the the athletic department is now not going to be running under debt. Like, we'll be paying this off slowly. Like, we're still under, like, it's like a it, uh, it's government term, right? But it's like the debt ceiling, right? Like, we'll, we'll still have that. We'll be paying that off. But that doesn't mean we won't have room to use to operate anymore. Like, we're not going to be as cash-strapped as we have been in the past. Yep. But we're not going to see that effect until, like, four or five years down the line, right? Like, those things don't happen immediately unless someone comes in with $400 million and he's just like, look, pay off the debt and then just start spending your your normal ink inflow as like sports budget. But that's not going to happen. So it's going to it's gonna start to increase better over time. Um, so yes, we will never cut football. And if we default on the loan, we will lose the stadium, but I guarantee we still won't kill football. And then... Um, Yeah, I mean, the MWC payout is so much lower than our stadium stadium payments. What happens? That's what's going to happen. But that just means we need more people to start going to games. Ultimately. And, you know, circle of life, right? That means we also need the team to be better because people are going to want to see a better product. So on and so forth. The diehards will still come out. But you need the 50-50 people. Hopefully that changes this year. All right, Andy, we got two more. We're going to get through this. All right, Callie, Callie Scotty sends us one. If Sanford and Cal get left behind after all the Pac-12 departures, why wouldn't Cal go independent as well? What's allowing Stanford to go independent? Private school funding. Money. Question mark. Yeah, money. I think money, but <clears throat> I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Stanford would go independent. I don't get why people keep thinking Stanford's going to go independent. They struggle. They struggle to put people in their own stadium, right? And if if people if, if you look at the if you look at the the chart of, uh, what's it? TV uh, uh, viewership, 
Stanford's not in the top four in the conference. Hmm. Stanford's pretty far on the bottom. The only reason Notre Dame can go independent is because they draw millions of viewers. Yeah. yeah. That's the only reason. And they fill, uh, we were just at that stadium. <laughs> that, that stadium fills out. Right? That made no sense. That was crazy. So made no sense. So, <laughs> Just, it, so like that's why I don't think I don't think Stanford going to independent. What? So like you ha- you're telling me that some network is gonna pay what thirty five forty million dollars a year to Stanford just just for Stanford games, and that's gonna make them profit? No. If we're saying that Stanford can't keep us afloat with USC and LA gone, there's no way Stanford's going to keep themselves afloat with four, like, and get like a forty million dollar deal. We're all in this yeah. together. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. I think that's right. I mean, there there is their their financial situation is very different than ours. Well, they don't. They also don't have to tell anyone what their financial situation is. Yeah. <laughs> That's no one knows. True. It could be in the red for all we know. Like, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> we, but we won't know. We won't ever know. <laughs> I don't think they are. <laughs> I don't think they are. Yeah, I don't think they are either. But, you know, you, you get what I, I think everyone gets what I'm trying to say. Yep. All right, the last one. Um, or last one's kind of just that someone commented to uh, Callie Scotty's message says i could be completely wrong but when i was traveling through the bay area blogs last year after scla left i was also hearing the most likely scenarios football would go independent and all other sports would go to ivy for both schools i think that was just i don't think that was a that's what we're doing that was just uh here's what we potentially could do but no we would not go ivy league it honestly does not make sense for us if we're saying regional doesn't make sense to like join the Big Ten or the Big Twelve, joining <laughs> ten other schools that are on the opposite side of the country <laughs> with just us here is basically like SC and LA joining the Big Ten. It like logistically does not make sense. Um, we could join with Stanford and just play Stanford for all sports all the time. It'd be Stanford, <laughs> it would just be big everything. <laughs> it's like you guys got the Big Eighteen, we got big everything. Bring it on. We're just big, just the big. All right, let me just say, I can't believe we didn't have a comment or a, or a question from Sid. We didn't. We didn't. Kind of well, weird. hopefully that means Sid has left the site known as X behind and is not thinking about any of this stuff. Because I think when you have done that and you can just look at this for the ridiculousness that it is and you can say, you know what? It's going to be what it's going to be. And our ability to kind of control or understand what's going to happen Sadly limited. That's a good place to be. I'm not there yet, but one day, maybe one day. Yeah. Until then, every single question that was about Cal football and starting the season off, I mean, that's right. That's where we should be. It's going to be super fun. Auburn coming in to the Bay. Mm-hmm. It's going to be amazing. Uh, you know, We'll be there for that. I think we're going to do DJ set. It's going to be awesome. And then, uh, and yeah, first season, season ticket holder, dude. So I am so excited. I will be in section. I, I forgot it. Whatever. Oh, well. 
I'll, I'll remember one day what it is. <laughs> well, but. some news trickling in as we're recording here. Um, the Washington Regents meeting has just started about 15 minutes ago. This is just like the freaking A's moving to Vegas, dude. Same thing. Why do all these meetings start so late? I don't know. Why is it a 10 p.m. meeting? With Anyways. <laughs> I will say, Wilner, Wilner tweeted out, just because I look up Pac-12 just to see what's going on, he said he put the odds at extinction. extinction minus one. F- minus one. And that guy knows what's going on most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. We'll see. By the time you're listening to this podcast, the Pac-12 could already be this new. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. He it's been fun, been. folks. Yeah. At that point, we'll do another uh, we'll do in memorandum and we'll pour one out. Um, but, yeah, that's it for us on the California Golden Bearcast. Um, you know where to find us on Twitter at uh, Golden Bearcast. You can email us goldenbearcast.gmail.com. You got uh, all our written stuff at writeforcalifornia.com, which is uh, pretty cool. We have some really cool stuff um, in the pipeline. A lot of cool uh, partnerships that I've been working on over the last couple weeks. Um, you're going to see some really, really cool content. So if you're not a subscriber, please go and subscribe for all the Write for Cal and your California Golden Bears content along with um, my practice notebooks which you'll start to see soon with fall camp uh, going strong starting yesterday leading all the way until I think August 19th and then it becomes uh, closed practices slash potentially off-site so yeah I think that's it Andy you got anything else to add no no you good alright well the next time you hear from us it'll probably be a uh, Yep. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> uh, you know what the you know what the I, I as just to just go full circle on that clip. You remember at the, what happens at the very end of that scene where there's someone that's alive. Yeah, where he goes to that house and the guy brings out his his like dad. And drops him off. And the dad's like whispering like, I'm feeling better. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and then he sl- the guy slides the guy at the 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 guy who's pulling all the dead bodies like a twenty. <laughs> he slaps him on the head with a pot and then he just pushes the cart along. <laughs> That's kind of where we're at. We're feeling better. Alright. That's it for us. And of course, as always. Go Bears! Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.